This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Miles of South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer and the Palacious 680 The Fan Studios. I am Eric Quintana. Next to me, Sam Franco. Yep. Josh Bagrianski off on high school playoff soccer duty. Druid Hills 5, Marist 3. They move on to the state semifinals. He is deep in preparation for what the match is on Wednesday? What did he say? Uh, Tuesday. 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 And he's got to figure, he's got to watch seven matches in a matter of. What that five days essentially, yeah. so he's got five nights to figure that out to go through all the the matches of his uh, next opponent and uh, figure out how best to tactically jujitsu his way into the finals. That would be great as a, as a Red Devil alum myself. Uh, definitely pulling for Josh and uh, and and again the Red Devils to uh, pull, uh, bring this one home. They've uh, gotten close many many times. And uh, hopefully they can uh, come through this time. Does he give the podcast more or less credibility if he, as a coach, wins a state championship? Oh, way more. Okay. Yeah. Tons more. Because then, like all of his, uh, what's the word I'm going to give here? All of his uh, condescension and acting like he's better than us all the time, then he actually has something to back it up. So does this give credibility to Georgia soccer, high school soccer? Should I think Georgia like, high school soccer so, should have always had it. Then. Should someone like Josh Bagriansky find a way to make himself a, a state championship winner as a coach? Absolutely. Or are we talking about, you know, Josh with a stroke of luck unlike any other? Well, I think this is something Making that, its way to the state finals. Of course. I mean, this is something you can talk about until the cows come home in terms of where Georgia high school soccer is on the map. I'll say this. You know, the, w- without any of the big state institutions, I talk about UGA, I talk about Georgia Tech. You know they don't have, um, they don't have big men's soccer programs. So yeah. uh, all of the talent in this state, a very very talent rich state, is going other places. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of the uh, the St. Johns's, the Indianas, uh, the the North Carolinas, Notre Dame's, all of those places are getting all of the best players in the state of Georgia to go there if they go the college soccer route. Oh, he's trying to crap on Josh. Man, you just hate. Yeah, <laughs> no. Lee. Try. I, I got to defend defend the hometown. I really, I really was trying to set up somehow to just poo poo Josh for. Oh, absolutely. Getting as far as he did, but well, the thing no, about I, Josh I do, is he's I not do, the head coach. I do agree with Jeno. I think we should all go to the. Ma- Let's not even tell Josh. No one tell Josh. <laughs> we'll just show up as a podcast fam to the state finals. Should he make it? Should he and his team make it? Yeah, fair He'll enough. He'll go. Cause oh, absolutely. If they, make, if they make the final, I'm going to do you know whatever I can to to be there. I I wanted to go to the Maris game, um, but obviously you know we have things to do like watch Atlanta United and yeah. have to do the show. So tough for Josh to miss that game last night. Tough. Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing: getting into Atlanta United. Wow. You know these past <laughs> few weeks, four out of five. It's been incredible for Frank DeBoer and his Atlanta United. And I think everybody always... 12 points and 15. It's incredible. And I think, you know, everybody, when you have a slow start like Atlanta United did, and there was a lot of fixture crunch there early on, and, and we can, you know, rehash all that stuff later uh, in terms of old episodes and what we've talked about. But right now, this team seems to be clicking a little bit. They seem to be 
you know, I guess uh, smelling what Frank DeBoer is cooking, uh, so to speak. And it seems like they're playing much better and they're, and they're having more fun doing it. I, I know that this is still a work in progress, but they've gotten fortunate they played kansas city when they were down some players i mean this isn't one of those look you got to be who's in front of you of course, at the time absolutely. that these are the teams that have been in front of but you this isn't one of those the situations atlanta united's back well where did they go and and back to what you know those are things you have to ask because it's I, never going to be back because atlanta united is a different team playing a different system now so i, I get why people would think all right we're back we're finally scoring multiple goals right. we're, we're finally more attacking i'm just like yeah, I, I back to i don't see it as the same team from 2017 2018 the 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 back to this is a uh, there's no back to the 2017 2018 team you knew is done this is a brand new system brand new style play brand new way to move forward brand new way to attack i mean (laughs) and i guess i'll start off with this i i tweeted out that i was going to disagree with some uh atlanta content producers and the first one I disagree with is Jason Longshore, who said that Joseph Martinez is a, is a well, he, he insinuated that he was a more complete soccer player than just be, being able to um, run onto balls. And score goals. 2017, 2018, that's essentially all he did. It's not till this year that we've seen how well he's been, he's developed in being essentially a target forward. He was never playing asked. His, playing, yeah, he was never asked. Playing with, his, playing with his back to goal. If he was asked, he, he didn't do it enough. And what, the moments he did do it, he just didn't look good doing it. Mm-hmm. It's not until, again, this year, in the last four or five matches, that he's shown that is in his wheelhouse. That is a skill set that he has developed and he, he, he can do now. I would assume Frank DeBoer got in his ear for a number of different reasons there. In terms of Joseph was the, a player that fit Tata's system because it was basically built to get Joseph the ball with him having to do as little uh, creating as as possible you know it was get him the ball and then all he needs to do is, is put it in the back of the net uh, there wasn't a whole lot put on him other than that in this system under frank de boer the striker needs to move around a little more set people up a little more and we saw joseph do that wonderfully well uh this weekend uh, i mean i mean uh this midweek game against um toronto setting up two should have had three uh you know they they pulled that one back and uh, you can talk about VAR and how oh, it's implemented I mean, I, until the cows come home. But I, I thought they, I thought they were all good calls. Two nothing to me was a good scoreline. But again, it's more about letting the play go and then going back and looking at it if it's wrong. You shouldn't just be stop like like that's what VAR should be encouraging. It should be encouraging let the play go and then if you, if if VAR sees something, then right. they can be like, hey, we need to pull this back. Don't just stop play. Like that, that's what I think a lot of people get frustrated with. But uh, whether it was implemented correctly or not, you know, I, I think I've watched it a couple times in terms of that replay. I would probably like to see it again just to be sure. But regardless of that, um, I think that's what you would wish for it to be implemented as. But anyway, Atlanta United right now are in such a, a good way despite the fact that you know, you didn't have Barco in this game, and you know this is still going to be a process. This, this is something that they're playing well, yes, but there's still a lot of deficiencies and things like that. And I'm sure we'll talk about Breck Shea here in a little bit. But there are uh, there are definitely holes in this team for sure. And not to be poo pooing what they're doing, but uh, there's definitely it's not all oh Atlanta United's back. Well, I mean, back from what? <laughs> Nineteen shots for Atlanta United, which. Man, a month ago we weren't talking about 
a team that was going to put together 19 shots. Oh, and I'll call play. myself out for sure on that regard. Like, I was one of those people saying, hey, Atlanta's got to shoot more, and they're not creating shots. And, you know, you and Josh, to y'all's credit, were preaching patience. Well, I, it just it's just hard to believe that this is the ninth game of the, of the regular season right now. Ninth game. Atlanta United seventh in the standings right now, right above Chicago Fire. Uh, and what's seventh? What's seventh mean right now if the season ended today? What does seventh place in the standings mean? Not going to the playoffs. No, we're going to the playoffs. I thought it's top we're going six. to the playoffs. Why? It's top seven teams go to the playoffs. I thought it was six. No. When was it? first uh, top team in the conference gets a bye, and the rest of the teams fight it out for amongst themselves. I was in the first six. round. <laughs> um, Atlanta United nine uh, nine matches played, fourteen points. Uh, Philadelphia Union in first with 20, 20 points, eleven matches played. So essentially, two games in hand to. Uh, the top team in the East, uh, three uh, over the Montreal Impact. So, I mean, even if it were to end today, we're still. <laughs> I mean, you got to look at this 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 season and, and think things are going in the right direction. Oh yeah, things are things are progressing substantially at this point. Four out of five is not something we would have thought of. You know, four or five games in. No, or four games in. I guess no, at this point. especially with the you know trip to Costa Rica. Uh, the games against Monterrey, granted, uh, you know, not Herediano, but Monterrey is still the best team and will be the best team Atlanta United sees and has seen all season. Uh, so it, if, if you look at it like that, it's like, hey, the hardest challenge is already out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm thoroughly impressed with what uh, what's gone on, specifically the last couple of matches for Atlanta United. Um, I'm despite what you might think and what you might believe based off what I've said on Twitter, I'm impressed with what Tito did last night. <laughs> I think he fully earned his spot last night. Uh, not just with the goal, but what he was able to do out wide, was able uh, able to do uh, going forward in the attack, um, the attention he drew. It's going to be, I don't think it's going to be that tough for Frank DeBoer because I think uh, Barco is the more obvious candidate in that position, but He's out for a month. He's so. out for yeah. He's out for an extended amount of time. I still think that Miram is going to put up a good fight when it comes to how much playing time Tio can get. I think Miram is probably more of a Frank DeBoer type player, but again, uh, I still think Tito a deserves that you know opportunity first because he's here and he's been working really hard to try to get that opportunity. And I mean, he's the obvious can He's the obvious he candidate. The most in, of it in the, in, oppor- in, in the exactly. opportunity last night. He, yeah, he he had he had a moment. He had a match to to show what he can do. He had an opportunity to prove to Frank DeBoer that he belonged in the starting eleven. And I thought, for the most part, he proved that he belonged in the starting eleven in one, this moment. Yeah, and I think without Barco, he brings a, an energy. You know, yeah. I, I think that when he's in the lineup with Joseph, with Pity, uh, you know, with Franco Escobar, with LGP, I think that is a different energy that's brought just because you know there is a camaraderie there. And I, you know, having him certainly can help. I think team chemistry. But I think you know, talking about a guy who isn't very good on the ball, I'm not seeing this from Tito. He's not great on the ball. He's not. He's not. You know, uh, Lionel Messi with the ball at his feet. But you know, I think certainly given the opportunities, I've seen quite a few instances this season, and, and there was one in particular in last night's game where he has created some space and created opportunities with the ball at his feet dribbling around players in tight spaces. And it's happened, you know, on a, on a number of occasions. So I think that, yeah, ideally you would have, you know, players that are very, very reliable in that instance. And, and Tito is, is definitely has to improve in that area, but I think he is improving in that area. Yeah, I think Tito's got uh, uh, just enough deficiencies in his game to where 
Barco becomes the more obvious candidate. Even Especially Miriam, even Miriam to, to an extent, becomes the more obvious candidate with specifically what Frank DeBoer wants to do. I'm not saying I don't want him on the team. I'm not saying cut, sell him, whatever. That's not what I'm saying at all. He has an, absolutely has a role on this ma- on this team. I'm not saying it's an every 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 match starter, but uh, he absolutely has a role. Um, let's talk about the first goal. It, it's a great it's a great set piece from from Pity. It forces a save. Um, I love how Joseph was perfectly. It's positioned. Joseph's positioning. That's Joseph's what makes perfectly the goal. positioned mm-hmm. to receive that ball in that spot and just knocks it back in inside the six. Tito in a perfect position. And I mean that's what you want out of a guy like Tito. I don't think you want that him to goes, be in that position. You want him to finish yeah, it. You want him to uh, to succeed in those moments. I think that goes to what we were talking about earlier with Joseph too, because again, Joseph wouldn't have probably under Tata Martino been asked to be that wide, you know, away from you know the direct goal scoring opportunity. You know what I mean? He the, in the position he was in might not have been one Tata put him in, but you know, uh, Frank DeBoer puts him out there, and he was. Absolutely in the perfect position. Puts in a beautiful ball, and we see what Tito Vijalba did with it. Although it was funny watching on TV, the camera people were sure that was LGP. LGP scored yeah. that goal. <laughs> then you see the replay, and it was it was Tito. But that was also a great run and great finish by Tito. You know, and that tight of a space, uh, he doesn't really have. A um a finesse shot, if you will, you know, for you FIFA guys out there, was that the 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 right trigger or one of the triggers gives you the finesse shot? Uh, so, yeah, that's not really. I don't know which one it is. I don't play in the FIFA. That's not really his <laughs> uh, cup of tea there, but uh, he he smashed that ball in there, and and then he was in a good position to do it, and uh, certainly uh, a deserved goal because Atlanta United, up to that point and and beyond, were pretty much dominating the the flow of this game it's weird you say that dominating the flow and i fully agree with you that it felt like atlanta united had full control of this match 46 percent possession for atlanta united uh to fit, uh, toronto fc's 54 but again I just it doesn't really think... it doesn't really tell the full story and it really doesn't matter because of, of, of the quality of chances atlanta united had um the the it's like when they did have possession there was no way toronto fc was going to dispossess mm-hmm. them um, where Atlanta United lost the ball, it wasn't in dangerous moments. Um, it was a great performance front to back. I, I think Frank DeBoer said it in the post game. I, I think that this team has figured out exactly, at least in terms of the basics, uh, and maybe just a like a notch past the basics of the system that Frank DeBoer wants to run. They've got that down. They've got that locked in. They get it. It's now, and this is what he said in post game. It's now the details. That need mm-hmm. to work on when when players need to push, uh, when when uh, certain players need to go forward, when players need to rotate. It's the tiny deep. Well, kind of the that sounds of more everything. that sounds yeah. more broad, but it's more the 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 minutia of the of mm-hmm. of, of what Frank DeBoer wants in, in his his overall system um, that Atlanta United now gets to work on because they've got a nice base down. Just being able to read how a game yeah. is going, you know, kind of when you need to press, when you need to back off, just those little things. That are like you said, the minutia, kind of the the just nuts and bolts, the little uh, what am I trying to say here? Little little accents to making everything yeah. run more smoothly. And I think that right now, and what we're seeing with this team too is an understanding of everyone, kind of of this. And I know that it's not the same as kind of we talked about with Frank DeBoer coming in this total football mentality, but it just seems like players. When one guy will push, it just seems like more and more often players are finding themselves in the right positions, or at least covering in the right positions. And we're not 
seeing guys who you would think, why is that guy doing that? And we saw that, I think, more. Like Michael Parkhurst making overlapping runs from a fullback position a few weeks ago. Just things like that. It doesn't seem like those kind of things are happening anymore. I didn't feel that there was a lack of of, uh, movement forward from from anyone on the field, including LGP. Mm -hmm. The only one I thought that maybe, not that I expected him to do anything, but the only one that I didn't really see go forward at all was Miles Robinson, which, Mm -hmm. you know, naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, But they never put themselves in a position where, or they rarely, I should say, put themselves in a position where when they did lose the ball, they were going to get countered right away. I think that was the difference between this match and and the last, let's say, three that Atlanta United has played. Um, where they've looked like they've certainly progressed and kind of dialed de- into this system a, a little bit better than maybe in the first few matches this, of the regular season. That's been the biggest difference to me. That's where I've seen, that's where I've noticed where, where this team has improved, uh, where if Breck does lose the ball, he's not then frantically, you know, running back to to, to last-ditch defend. I mean, sure, we had the LGP moment in, in, at the very beginning uh, or toward the beginning of the match, uh, but how often were those moments in this match. You had one or two moments from Toronto FC and that was basically it. Yeah. And it was in those moments where sure, maybe they had a, a, a lapse and sure that can that can punish you, but it didn't. And that counts for something. It's where you're three disciplined. Cl- three clean sheets in the last yeah. three matches. Yeah, your your players are disciplined positionally to where they they know what to do in sort of a free-flowing type style, but they also know that, you know, not to get too crazy with it. And I'll say this too about possession because you talk about Atlanta United not winning possession in this game, so to speak, but possession itself is completely meaningless as a statistic. I mean, you obviously, it's what you do with said possession, and quite frankly, you talk about controlling the flow of the game. I think you can still control the flow if your defense and defensively you're keeping the other team in the positions you want to keep them in. I think that is almost kind of like a... like. If you're, if you're allowing the other team to have possession and they're not doing anything with it, that's almost net possession back to you. You know what I mean? Because you don't have the ball, so to speak, but they're not doing anything with it. So in a sense, I think that Atlanta controlled this game because of that. And, and talking about the numbers, not really telling the complete story in this game. Like There was one point where Breck Shea um, cre- had created as many chances for Atlanta United as the rest of the team combined. Yet he has he was the single biggest chance <laughs> the creator. The most prolific chance creator yeah, in the, the match. And, and you you go back and you remember all the moments like on like when he would do something on Twitter and be like, oh dang it. Oh Brick. Oh gosh. You know See, that's <laughs> and I was gonna bring this up. That's how I sort of feel about Tito. Everyone looks at the moments that Tito has that are awesome and they're like, yes, that's why we well, love Tito. Of course Tito. you say that. Yeah. But I see the negatives. And so well, of course we all see but you know, like when he yeah. had that one move where I was like, man, that was incredible. You were like, yeah, when he kicked it off the back of that dude's foot, I'm like, why? <laughs> why are you Look, I, it would have been an amazing it would have been an amazing moment for Tito had had that gone in. I'm not denying the fact that how amazing it would have been. A little bit of luck sometimes. I, but that's what I'm saying. There's there's, <laughs> there's whatever. Anyways, people focus on the good for Tito and then don't they seemingly forget about the bad. Uh, and so with Breck Shea, they, they notice and remember the bad moments, but don't really think about or, or don't recognize the good that Breck does. And well, when you bust look, a full I'm not, 360 I'm not saying, on a whiff. I, yes, I agree. That was not great. <laughs> of course people are going to remember And look, that. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. I fully think that <laughs> Tito is the better player over Breck Shea. Yeah, absolutely. Especially going forward. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But... In a broad sense, that's how people are looking at Breck Shea. That's how people are looking at Tito. Because Tito has his qualities. I'm not saying he doesn't. But th- there's a lot of deficiency- deficiencies in his game. Breck Shea, he has his moments where, yeah, he looks like garbage. But the, he's, well, he's, every player he's in the starting 11 for a reason. 
probably more out of necessity than anything else. But he's serviceable. I think he's a better version of McCann. Well, to be I, honest, yeah, even I like imagine I, McCann yeah. and, and what, what, what Frank DeBoer is trying to do right well, now. Even I went to Twitter last night and was like, uh, "Can't lose my spot in the starting eleven if uh, all the other players that would play this spot are hurt." You know, that's kind of what's happening with Breck Shea right now because you got to believe, uh, you know, fit Bello, uh, fully fit Ambrose. And, you know, Breck Shea, between those three, I'm not going to think that Breck Shea starts all the time. It just depends on what the other team wants to do. It's fully dependent on on the opposition. If the opposition is going to clearly possess the ball or or be more attacking or play uh, much more wide open. Against FC Dallas, I probably would have expected Mikey Ambrose because he's probably the better defender Mm -hmm. of the two. I don't even think probably. I think he's the better defender of the two to start over Breck Shea. But he's not available. Who else do you have at left? I mean, other than Michael Parkhurst, and I think you're saving him. For a team for for Orlando City, to be honest, I I don't think I got a chance to ask him, but I think that's why he spent most of the time on the bench this match because he's being saved for specifically Orlando City. Why? Because you want to flaunt him? <laughs> no, because he's the better defender. That's fair. He's the better defender of between Breck Shea and and, and Michael Parkhurst. And I think in a game like uh, against like a game uh, like Orlando City, you want your best starting your best players given the positions. So I, in this case, I think Breck Shea is going to have a seat and. Parker's is going to play that left back. Unless Mikey Ambrose makes a massive recovery or something. Even oh, then, yeah. I still think it's a pretty close contest. Well, because I wouldn't expect Mikey Ambrose to come in and play right away. Yeah, although I don't know how concerned Atlanta is with a team that's now two points behind them in the table with Atlanta having a game at Oh, yeah. Hand, I, but, another know. thing we didn't bring up that I really wanted to start the show with. We can now talk massive, massive crap. Yeah, mad, mad smack. To Orlando City. Yeah. And we're going to probably spend the last like, 30 minutes of this just... Thoughts on the crap that we should spew towards yeah. Orlando City in yeah, the put chat. The, put Give those in the us. chat. One other thing in the chat I wanted to bring up, too. Um, that, let me see who did this. Oh, it was uh, Patrick. Uh, says, how about that Guzan moment? <laughs> that pass that so almost looked- goes in. I'm like, if that had gone in, that would have been maybe, maybe the worst moment of Brad Guzan. I happen to look down at my laptop or my notes or whatever, something because I, I missed the entire play. <laughs> I miss it and I look up and I just see the ball heading towards goal. And I was like, <gasps> "What happened?" Because I see all. no, I see no Toronto players around, and everybody's like, "Oh, what happened?" First of all, don't lie. You weren't looking at notes. You were eating some of that three cheese mac. Oh yeah, delicious. But uh, in all seriousness, delicious that was and not nutritious. That was a horrible moment. And those kind of. But how moments, often do you have those moments from Guzan? You don't. But I'm just saying that specifically moment was just and funny. Like, like discount anything he does with his hands. I'm talking specifically with the ball at his feet. And look, he came into Atlanta United. Yeah, he's usually very good with. The and ball. we thought the worst of him with this ball to this ball at his feet. And, no, he, and he's, been, he's proven he's everyone wrong. He's been good. It was just funny to see him do that, and you know that that was like in terms of the like bad moments for Atlanta United. It was really that. And the the whiff by uh, <laughs> the whiff by, by Shea, Shea. I mean, that was really it. I still think, you know, there there might have been a chance for Atlanta to score some more, and then that was what was worrying me when you know they only had one goal and they kept missing chances. It's like look the the idea that Atlanta still needs to finish their chances. It, that's still there. I mean, the week oh, yeah. or uh, when was it Sunday that they played? No, Saturday played. Was it Sunday or Saturday? It was Sunday. Sunday. Sunday night. Uh, that was a game where they they because I was went, trying to watch Game of yeah, Thrones in it. They, that, yeah, that's right. That was a match where they went in and they looked to finish your chances. Like some, that, that was a priority for them. This mm-hmm. match, it seemed to take a take a step back. Although, look, being a couple steps offside, yeah. that sometimes can do it for you too. But that's not so much a finishing issue. But it's clearly been a priority to them because they're. I think I feel like they're picking and choosing their spots better. Well, and that's what I was concerned with at the beginning of the season is that they they weren't picking and choosing enough 
and I think a lot of that was they were almost looking for the perfect shot. Well, and that was because I think Frank DeBoer was was earlier on in the season saying, guys, this isn't Tato Martino anymore. This isn't hey, let's take a bajillion shots a game. You know, this is if we're going to take shots, we need to create well worked opportunities, find players open in space, good runs, you know, all that stuff. And I uh, and I'm not saying Atlanta didn't have that before, but it was a lot more controlled chaos under Tata Martino because that's what Miguel Almiron is good at. It's quite literally Tata's terminology. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what Miguel Almiron was good at. And Atlanta doesn't have that kind of player anymore, so they're having to switch and make this adjustment because they don't have the player that can kind of corral all of that. And that's not to say that maybe one of these guys can't because I thought P.T. Martinez looked miles better. Oh, yeah. Than For sure. where he had been playing uh, against uh, Toronto. And I think one hey, of the, the biggest... Here's, here's the other places I'll disagree with Jason Longshore. Jason Longshore basically said that that, that he's here. He, he's he's not c- getting comfortable, still getting... Frank DeBoer even said he's still No, he's not. He's still got a little bit that, to... That sounds to me kind of like, oh, Atlanta, it's back. And I'm like, well, again, it's just one of those things where Atlanta... And and pity both the team and him are are still. I really don't think there's many people that 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 fully that watched that match and thought, oh yeah, he's here, he's ready to go. When he hit the oh, crossbar though. No, no, like I'm not saying he had a bad I mean, performance. That's not what I'm no, saying. No, but yeah, of course. But even Frank DeBoer was like, yeah, he's. I mean, he obviously this is his best game in MLS. He even said so himself. He needs that moment though. I, th- I think when you're a big signing like that, and and Barco had a lot of pressure, and obviously his season would completely awry with you know, whatever happened between him and whoever and romantic overtures, and we don't have to get into that. But I think if you're a big signing like that, you brought him with a lot of money, if you can just have that moment, that that, See, that I, Ben's moment where everybody's like, ah, if that ball had gone in, the pressure comes way down because everybody's waiting for that. I don't need that moment for him. I'm, if you, no, of if, course. If, if you, I, I, I don't. Saying, I don't need that moment for him. I'm not, about I don't, I don't, him, I don't need You don't him. have the pressure yeah. on you that he has on him. He performed great. If he performs like that every week, I'm happy. Well, it's like when Even Nagby. without scoring. It's like Nagby, who, who we, we would love to see score more, but he still hasn't scored for Atlanta United, you know? I, I, I'm st- I don't... I, I, sure, I, I think Pity at some point is obviously going to score. Absolutely. I think it'd be great if he scored. But if he plays the way he played last uh, last night, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with, with the production he gives you uh, playing the way he played. I think for him, he would like to get that stress of not getting in this. Uh, uh, well, uh, I don't know. Did he get the hockey assist for the Tito goal? I don't uh, think he did because that was yeah. technically a shot, right? Um, I feel like he needs because he still looks a little frustrated. The fact that you know he, he, he the, either the pass is in certain situations isn't on or the shot's not on or whatever. Uh, but the the two the two set pieces that he hit. We're awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are great. Those are confidence boosters for sure. Um, oh, and that, that yeah, has a nothing to do... A different, day, a different day that maybe helps that those go in or something. Well, it also has nothing to do with the system or integrating yeah, exactly. a player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's something that Completely you know, you're yeah. going to be able to do. You know, It's like riding a bike, so to speak. But he it's, played so well. He, he, he was able to do things that we haven't... He was more like the player we've seen in the highlight videos in this match uh, than any, any other. It, at this point, and I've said this about a, a ton of other players as well, and I mean, I, like at nauseum at this point. But con- the consistency factor is is now what's at play. You, you know what you get out of pity now? Absolutely. I don't. Again, even Frank DeBoer said, "Yeah." He, well, I think you know it's not hundred percent, but you yet, could but be getting more, and that's that's he, what the process. He obviously could get better, and and it's going to get better. Um, but I I didn't I didn't watch that match and think, oh yeah, he's here, he's good to go, he's finally arrived. 
No, I thought great performance. Yeah, but again, anybody give it to me again. <laughs> with, with, Selfishly, with give it to me again. One game or even two games or even a week or two weeks of great games. DeBoer out. DeBoer in. Atlanta United's back. PT. You can't do that. You can't do that with any of this yet. Because thought, again, and you and I, I feel like have been trying to scream this from the mountaintops all season long. It's too early. Even now. Even even, even now, even with the four, with the last five matches, four four wins and five matches, it could go south in the next three matches. Oh gosh, it's still way too early for me to like. Oh, I was right. That's not, that's not at all what I'm saying. The okay, the positivity in the fan base right now. What if and and gosh, what if Atlanta <laughs> loses on Sunday to Orlando for the oh, first it's, it's time? Back to, it's back to the every exactly back to the board exactly. So I, you can't make these rash judgments so quickly w- with just the turns of momentum and, and that we live in a society that is everything. What have you done for me lately? Recency bias. I get that. But you've just got to have some some tact here and, and, and let this thing develop. It's 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 just the, 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 the a bit of the hypocrisy that kind of gets me. I, there was a tweet that got sent after I sent something out to, to Devin for real. And I'm guilty of it too, by the way. I would like to say that. It's from... Uh, Come and get it, 01, at come and get it, 01. Okay. Khakis Burley, I think is how you say his name. Okay. We got two wins, and y'all want to pray this man around town like he's Pep. Hashtag DeBoer out. Still? That was after. <laughs> it took two losses for everyone to be like DeBoer out. Oh, my God. We've won four of the last five. How are we not, how have we not shifted this at least a little bit? At least to the point where we're not automatically DeBoer out. I'm not saying DeBoer in <laughs> all the way. I'm, I'm still very much, it's still a waiting game for me. How about this? DeBoer's the manager. That's what yeah, I'll say right now. now. No in, no out. He's the manager, and let's you know just let that be what it is. I could I couldn't believe that even that. Ugh. But like it's frustrating. But it's frustrating to constantly hear that to to see the system progressing, to see players buying into it, to see players finally understanding what you know what's going on, to see uh, improvement on the field. And yet people are like, no, nah, it's not the board. I'm not going to the say the board's not the reason well, that we're successful with the last four of the five games. I'm not going to say DeBoer in or DeBoer out until DeBoer end of the season. Because that's the thing. I mean, I, I just and even then, I mean, I, I don't know what Atlanta United would have to do or not do for a guy to lose his job. But I just, I just don't think Atlanta, especially with the tide right now in MLS, with managers getting you know the boot like that. I mean, Cincinnati just fired their guy. This is their first season in MLS, <laughs> and they just fired their guy. Uh, I know Brad Friedel just got fired. That one, I think a lot of us could see coming. Chris Lombardi in the chat says, and he makes a good point, I think uh, Frank DeBoer has also made a ton of adjustments from what he originally wanted Had to. Had to. And we we were, especially, and, and I will even speak for myself, well, of course I'll speak for myself, but early on in the process, we were all like, he's either because what he's trying to do right now isn't working. He's got to make adjustments. He's got to tweak things. And if he doesn't, if he's going to be stubborn and stick to the thing, that's when he's going to get in trouble. And clearly, he hasn't done that. He has made some adjustments. He has tweaked some things and and, and maybe gone off some of the rigid principles of his system. And I I don't disagree with with what Chris Lombardi is saying. I I just think what the criticism towards Frank DeBoer was, especially when you were riding the rough wave of of, of bad performances was that Frank DeBoer was so married to the system. He was so married to the system because he was still teaching the, the guys how to, how to work within the system. Well, like, hey, look. And sure, you're going you're gonna to assess the players you have and, and make tweaks and make adjustments. And he said so himself. Yeah. And look, Johan He wasn't Cruyff. married to anything. He was, he was uh, assessing what he had and, and, and trying to fit it into the system he had. Johan Cruyff doesn't pick a guy to, to run. 
Ajax's youth academy if he doesn't have a system or doesn't have a guidelines to go by, so to speak, and and putting trust in that. And so Frank DeBoer is a man who, who's just as confident in himself as anybody should be in his position. He's not going to sway on his you know backbone of what's gotten him here, but he also knows that you do have to adjust. You do have to make those. Uh, you know, adaptations depending on the players you have. Because if you're just going to run a system and you don't have the players on the roster to successfully do it, then you're not going to last very long. You didn't have Joseph Martinez playing with his back to goal, being being a target forward essentially, and and having success with that early on the season. You're starting to see progress specifically in that, and that's that's made a world of difference for guys like Pity, for guys like Parco, for guys like Tito. Yeah. Anyone in the midfield. It's made a world of difference for those players. Well, again, I think Atlanta United's controlled chaos with Miguel Almiron and Tata Martino, once those two left, no way in heck that was sustainable. I don't know why I censored hell there, but uh, <laughs> that was not going to be sustainable without Tata to coach it and without Miguel Almiron to be the centerpiece for it. So you had to make a change. They did. And for the longevity of these players in terms of uh, you know being successful on this team, yeah, the, the things probably needed to change so that they could play a system that you know could mask some inefficiencies or deficiencies. I think that Frank De- well, I mean, I don't even think I, Frank DeBoer is going to get the time that he didn't have in his last two previous jobs. He's going to get the time because now it, it, it seems as though at this point you're starting to see kind of the fruits of the of the of the early. Yeah. The early labors. I well, plus say. we all know the insanity that is the English Premier League and job security. Well, d- yeah. Aside from that, but he's going to get the uh, uh, the the time that he didn't have elsewhere to establish one he wants to establish. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a good player base to do that with. Um, he's got talented players that can. Uh, I'm not going to say cover up the deficiencies in the system, but they're talented players. They're quality players that are going to shine regardless of the system, in my opinion. Oh, I yeah. don't think I don't. Well, there's think, definitely guys that stand out on this team that that aren't system players for sure. The system is going to help them be better players. I think it's going to help this team. I think the way that Frank DeBoer has them playing in the last four or five matches uh, is a better. It's a better long term, sustainable, successful path towards a playoff run. So, oh, something yeah. that something that's uh, that that Tata Martino. It, even he had to change up in the playoffs because of how the one how the teams he faced and and mm-hmm. how the playoffs are set up. Well, and plus it helped when uh you know the Nero and Chris Armas and the Red Bulls completely crapped their pants and decided to train. Yeah, everything. that's a, I mean again that's aside from the point. <laughs> it's it's I'm re- I'm I'm ready to give I'm not ready I I'm still in the uh, waiting pattern with com- when it comes to Frank DeBoer. I'm still patiently trying to assess what's happening, but I like what I'm seeing. I'm very excited for what this team can be moving forward. Yeah. Knowing that Frank DeBoer is going to be given the time, despite what the next five results are going to be, he is going to be given the time because you've seen what it can look like. Yeah, and then right now, I think, you know, maybe a month in, two months in, I wasn't sold necessarily, but you still have to let things no play one out. Was, yeah, no and, one and was thing, sold. Right now, no one, well, I, I, I changed, I, no one should have been sold. Right, of course. One way or the other. Yeah. And, and even then, like. I don't think anyone was sold on it working, course. but. <laughs> right. But you should not also not have been like, okay, this is terrible. We got to abandon chip. Because right now, I feel like, yeah, things are going in the right direction. I, I would totally agree with that sentiment. And I, I think that a big part of it is that the players are getting more used to it. You know, they're getting more used to it. And I'll say this too. 
discipline is it seems to be the name of the game in terms of you know the position on the field in terms of you know the way that I guess Frank DeBoer has brought in a culture where he wants to be more disciplined kind of overall. I'm not saying Tata Martino was undisciplined, but compared to uh, in terms of the culture and the things he had this team doing, uh, training, things like that, I'm not saying that, that Tata was uh, you know undisciplined, but compared to Frank DeBoer, yeah, he definitely uh, something different there. And I, and I think that's what kind of preaching that in, and that's part of this system in terms of being disciplined to, to where you are so you're not being caught out of position. You know, I, I think that it's taken a while to kind of hammer that message home. I thought Nagby had a fantastic game. I think oh, everyone always. had like all, top to bottom. Um, when was the last time Nagby had a really bad yeah, I, game? I don't know. He uh, just doesn't have them. The, I, again, the only one, and I'll agree with most people who say that Breck Shea didn't have a great game. I, I'm not saying it was the best game. I also don't think, you know, first of all, you're not going to trade him or cut him. I saw that. He had a lot out. of moments that stood out, which sure, that's unfortunate. Yeah. That, that <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I saw a tweet that said it was directed towards me, trade him or cut him. And I'm thinking, okay, well then you're not going to play Parky at left back. For for the rest of the season, that's not happening. No, and I mean, Bella you got to have bad. some. You got to have some depth. He's gone for what three months? I think it was two to three months. Um, you, you know, you got to have some depth. So look, whether you like it or not, Breck Shea is the starting left back for now. I just love this. I, I'll just say this. Aside from the times that Parker just decides he wants to play left, well, back. of course. <laughs> but I mean, in the defense, kind of on that same note, the budding partnership between Miles and LGP. You think budding? Well, I mean, it's still, I mean, that's the thing. They haven't. Like they're feuding? No, budding. Like a flower buds. Oh. <laughs> Not butting. <laughs> I was like, when did you see that? The budding Go partnership yes, I got you. between Miles Robinson and LGP, week in and week out, game in and game out, it gets better and better. They're starting to get even more chemistry between each other in terms of if one guy pushes up, you know, one guy knows where to be. They, they just seem to finally be getting their own. Uh, you know, cohesiveness together. And that's super important, obviously, as we've seen uh, in any walk of soccer. You know, if, if your center backs aren't on the same page, then that can pretty much break your whole team. And I think not only are these guys on the same page, but they're starting to get, you know, even better and better playing together. And and credit to LGP for helping bring uh, Miles along because there, there are a lot of guys out there that care nothing about helping young I, I also, I mean, LGP, I got to give him a lot of credit because I think he's doing a better job of kind of, look, again, I'm not fully defending Breck Shea, but I'm also not, you know, throwing, throwing him under the bus like seemingly everyone else is because you've got no other option and he's serviceable. Better mm-hmm. than McCann. Mm-hmm. That's, think Absolutely. Of, think of McCann in that situation. I still don't see how he's better than Breck, but whatever. Shout out to Gaynor. Did you see what she said? Uh, she tweeted something to Doug, right? Yeah, did you see that? I, I didn't see it, but somebody they've told always me got a it. they've always got a crap on someone, or someone's always got to be the scapegoat. Oh. That's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> well, somebody was banging on Breck, and then she responded. I think I don't I understand. Know. What did she have to gain to follow follow? Even now, he's not even know. on TV anymore. I don't know. I mean, and she's still kind of poking her nose in there. I always loved her Twitter account because she would tweet often about her love hate relationship with Target. I think you know. We, oh we, yeah, she brought. What was their her kid was like throwing a fit in Target. Yeah, it was something about Target, but she always like loved to go to Target, and then she was talking about how much money she spent at Target, and I'm like, you're finally becoming an American, Jaynor. <laughs> it's like that is what makes you American. Worrying about spending too much money in Target. Um, so that yeah. might be like if you did a family feud of things you worry about as an American. That might be like survey says number one on the board. <laughs> spending so, too much money at Target. So I I 
sure the worst the worst perform the LVP the least valuable player I, I would say probably Breck Shea yeah but it's still but the cohesive unit of the team is yeah. kind of masking how you know, this is the thing they're they're playing well. it wasn't bad enough a performance where I'm like all right so I I saw I saw uh, Parker's I thought uh, warming up at ha- or was it half before halftime. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is Frank DeVore seriously going to pull Breck off right now? Is that really about to happen? Uh, it didn't, but <laughs> obviously. But uh, when I saw him warming up, I was like, oh, are you serious? That's way too... Yeah. You talk about a confidence killer. Anyways, I'm not I'm not as low as some people are on Breck Shea. I'm not as high as, as I guess, people are going to think that I am on Breck Shea. I, I think that's I just the think general I, temperature of our podcast about this season. We're not as low on the team as We're anyone right else is. We're not as high as a lot of people are right now. I saw it in the chat. We're right in the wave. We're right there. We're right in the wave. Um, but yeah, Miles Robinson, fantastic match. Uh, LGP, great recovery early on. Um, between the, between LGP and Miles Robinson on the the probably the best chance um, of the especially early on in the match, where Miles Robinson has to kind of stretch out and just poke the the ball right outside the six. For any Toronto FC, I forget who was in front of it, but whoever, whatever Toronto FC player was about to knock it in, Miles Robinson stretches out just enough. Uh, LGP forces it, just to, forces the pass just enough mm-hmm. to where uh, Miles Robinson can have a can have a reach on it. Um, Breck is the player that gets kind of burned on that one, but he's going up against a good player, so what can you expect? And uh, but it just it just it, yeah, you mentioned it before the cohesiveness between Miles Robinson between LGP. Uh, the way they're defending these last three matches, I think it's it's you're seeing the focus from Frank DeBoer so defensive early on in the season. You see it come coming to fruition now. Yeah, you're seeing what that work, what that's given Atlanta United now. I think and a I, pair I, of I, center I'm backs. Hoping, yeah. I'm hoping it continues because it it's look defensively it's looked great. They're in oh, the right positions. They're Absolutely. they're doing what they got. I mean, how does Guzan Guzan doesn't make a save if he doesn't sign an, an important one. I literally think he doesn't make a save. Yeah, and I mean, he, he almost had to on that one that he kicked back. But, sure, yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I, zero, I think, zero, zero saves for Lane United. Well, I think literally thing, didn't have to make a save. If you have, and, and not to keep harping on this point, but if you have that cohesion with your two center backs, and quite frankly, off the top of your head, can you name a better center back pairing or one that's playing as good as LGP and Miles right now in the league? I, I can't tell you on right off the top. Right now in the last three matches, no. Exactly. And so... That cohesion can mask the inefficiencies of the rest of the back line, like a Brexhay. And you kind of mentioned that there with, with Miles, you know, maybe. Yeah, him. well, you, 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 LGP now understanding what Brexhay is has a better idea. Like, as I to, gotta, I gotta help him out as, a little more. as to where yeah. to be. Maybe yeah. you know, I hang back a little deeper than maybe I thought I normally would with maybe Parkhurst or Bello or whoever. And I think with Franco back and healthy, I mean that that's a position. It helps. Well, of yeah. course, and that's a position you don't have to worry about. You're not thinking about it. Because you can also shift, you essentially turn into a back three, and there's 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 no big adjustment for the team. You just you just kind of shift into a back three while Breck Shea is doing his thing. And look, that that makes Breck Shea a liability, sure. But again, one, who else are you going to play in that position right now? Mm-hmm. You're not you're not starting uh, Michael Parker's all the, you know the rest of the uh, the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. You got to have some depth. Um, Breck Shea does give you something going forward. Mm-hmm. And go back, watch the game, look at his good moments. Just be objective, look at his good moments, and then, yeah, sure, look at his bad moments. They pretty much even out. (laughs) He gives you something going forward. Does he? Yes, he does. He created the most chances of any single player on the team. I would venture. I haven't done, I haven't done, I haven't gone (laughs) back. I'd have to go back and watch the game I haven't gone back and watched the whole thing. Yeah, I would venture to say, and this is kind of hate on Tito, I will agree. I would venture to say that Tito 
has the same number of, of, of mistakes, errors, whatever you want to call them, as he does positives in this match. Yeah. I think Breck Shea is in that same boat, where he has just as, just as many positives than he does negative. I don't know if the ratio for Tito is as close as you're making it. I think he Well, was, he scored, so obviously that gets elevated a lot more. Fair. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not well, denying... I'm not, and Tito slips a lot, and I think, well... Maybe we can have a discussion about turf because I've seen it. Just seems like people slip a lot in Mercedes Benz Stadium. Well, I mean, get longer cleats. What do you want me to tell you? Oh no, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean that 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 seems to be like a turf issue. But again, I didn't um, see anyone else slip. Breck, was that a slip? I mean, that was. A I whiff. think you'd have to look at it again. That was I a mean, whiff. it's kind of a little bit of both. That was a whiff. That was a that was a one point Was the three sixty necessary? I mean. I mean, he was going to crush that ball if he got a clean hit on it. He was going to crush that ball. <laughs> but like, I mean, he, he absolutely. I'm surprised he didn't hurt himself because he he wound up and whiffed so hard. I'm surprised he didn't hurt himself. I mean, it was literally like um, it felt like when you, I felt the gust from that's what I'm from saying. Up, yeah, up, up, up yeah, the press yeah, box. it felt like a catapult or something. You know, <laughs> just just that much force was behind it and did not hit. Yeah. Um, any other takeaways from the match? I guess from the last two matches, really, because we haven't hit on Kansas City as much, I would say that, again, you have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because of the players that they were missing. But the versatility of this team, Joseph Martinez in particular, to go from goal-scoring talisman in one game yeah. <laughs> to completely selfless. I mean, the, the one he played off for Pereira that got called back. I mean, That was tough. Because he could have probably scored there. He absolutely Honestly, he probably could have scored, have scored there. That's not, there. A, that's not a position where he's like, I, I'm unfamiliar with what's going on right now. I don't and know how to slip to it past the keeper that, right that was the most like un-Joseph thing I think I've ever seen. But I think at this point, you know, he got the record last year. This, I, I think, this, this was a so, moment for Pereira to have. And, and I, the, when the ball went in, the place exploded. Because I mean, oh, yeah. it was the first goal Everyone for knew. a kid. Yeah. You know, it was great. And, and, and Joseph being selfless. And that would have been his third assist of the game. But it just shows you, and we talked about this earlier, with Frank DeBoer and and wanting to make this more sustainable, not having as many quote unquote one trick ponies on this team, you know he's he's bringing out things in Joseph that I think were always there, but that you know Tato Martino didn't require, yeah. and I think Joseph is is becoming a much more complete player. Are people going to be mad if Joseph doesn't score double digit goals but gets double digit assists? Team just needs to win. Like I mean, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, um, don't, who cares? if he if he doesn't if he doesn't eclipse 15 goals after breaking the record last year, but you know creates enough chances to where enough and not just assists but assists that lead to like game winning goals, because that's also a factor we've got to think about. It's is what he's doing is is kind of almost it's giving him himself the the ability to one have the vision to 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 pass off a ball. Um, it's not like these aren't posi- again. Just like the one he passed out to Pereira, it's it's not like it's not a position he's unfamiliar with. He could have easily slotted it past the keeper like he like he always has, um, at least in the last two years. But he's again he's looking to get his teammates involved. He doesn't need to score a million goals this year again for this team to be successful. He doesn't need to do that. He he the idea behind Frank DeBoer is to get everyone involved, to get everyone scoring, to get everyone um, involved in the buildup. And I think Joseph is almost taking that maybe too too much to heart, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, again, I, I but just it didn't it didn't cost you anything. It, you were already in the lead. It was it was going to be a good moment for 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 Pereira. I, why not? You, it, at that point, the game was at hand. 
Yeah, well, yeah absolutely. And we're good. I, I think more than anything, talking about kind of, I guess, wrapping up the wins, what you want to see in a system that is, you know, total football or whatever is that diversity of talent and, and the ability for players to do multiple things. And, you know, did it start slow, this process of getting this team kind of to what we're seeing right now? Yeah, it did. But ultimately, a system like this is far more beneficial to players that want to be seen by coaches for possible transfers and things like that as, as you know, multidimensional players. You know, this system is going to be much more beneficial. And that's why I talk about that with Joseph, because, you know, if you just have a guy that's going to bang in 30 goals a season, that's great. What if you have a guy that could bang in 25 and also get you 10, 15 assists? You know what I mean? I mean, that's more valuable to the team overall. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing how Joseph develops because, I mean, this is a different Joseph. This is a this is a new uh, – if he had it in his skill set before 2019, then we haven't really seen it. Maybe glimpses, but we haven't seen enough of it to think, like, oh, this is part of his, his skill set. Um, I'm excited to see again where the system goes, how Frank DeBoer develops his team, how how Pity develops, how uh, Joseph Martinez, Martinez develops, uh, the eventual call up Miles Robinson is going to get. Um, well, you say that, but oh, this is U.S. soccer. Even. He's going to get the call up. Like he's on top of the world right now. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Boring. Never mind. I'm not even going to say it. I was going to say, don't <laughs> don't curse anybody already more than you are. Uh, looking ahead to Orlando City. Ooh, this is going to be a max capacity crowd inside Mercedes Benz Stadium. Don't hope, know if, the, hope the weather holds up. Don't know if the roof is going to be open. I hope so. Really doesn't matter. I hope it's closed. It's louder. Oh, it's hot, too. I mean, it's been sticky lately. Um, <laughs> Orlando City coming into Mercedes-Benz. And Lane United coming off four wins in the last five. Oh, yeah. And Orlando's never beaten Atlanta. There's that, too. <laughs> you don't want to be... Oh, you know what? A stat that uh, I totally forgot about. Speaking of... Just going back to Tata Martino. Oh, sweet. And I get to uh, thank uh, Jenna Singleton for this one. How long, if you can remember, how long did it take Tata Martino to string three wins in a row? Oh, I've seen this stat. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It was a while. I mean, it was like uh, towards the end of the first season. Like right? July 4th. Yeah, okay, so okay. And what day is today? Ah, May 9th. May 9th. Look at that. So that, uh, clearly, clearly, Frank DeBoer is better than Tata Martino. I also saw a stat clearly, where, clearly. where it was uh, Tata, uh, Frank has more wins in his first nine matches than Tata did. Uh, to, to, to Tata's credit, I guess, uh, you did lose Joseph after like four matches. That's true. So, Very true. But And you had to rely on Tito. But you know who... Uh, Man, I am kind of banging on Tito today. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> but you know who uh, they had? Miguel Almiron. You know who Frank DeBoer doesn't have? Miguel Almiron, and you're trying to break in pity. So, I mean, you can do that till the cows come home. I mean, the the, the, the scales of justice ultimately tipped themselves. It was, I think, it was, or, or it was, balanced. It was cool listening to Frank DeBoer talk about the pressure he faced. Obviously, he, he mentioned being used to the pressure that, that I guess, Atlanta United fans and, and media and everything was giving him based on him his time as a player and as a coach. And I'm thinking, it was probably harder. <laughs> I, I want to know harder than this. I hope Frank. one of the you know one of the you know like a Felipe Cardenas or somebody could get this info. I want to know how Frank's assimilating because this is his first United States job. You know, yeah. and I, I would just curiously like to know like what he does in Atlanta. Like, is he well, what are his hot spots? You know, is he finding yeah. cool places? I, I will say that I saw something the other day. I think I saw this on CNN where like uh, McDonald's is starting to bring some uh, 
like international items to the U.S. menu, and one of the big uh, Dutch things, a Stroop Waffle McFlurry, is going to be on the menu soon. So maybe that's a little slice of home for him. You he know? said that uh, in, in 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 regards to uh, the pressure he was facing, that uh, yeah, he felt the pressure. That um, obviously, like a team like Atlanta United, you want to get the wins. Um, but he kept <laughs> even after the nice run that they've been on. He still like he still said it. You know, you stress patience. Of course, which I thought was fascinating because I'm like. Oh, even now, he's saying it's not. It's still not all together. It's still. It's still getting worked on. It's still six months is is about the time frame that he needs. And we're what three months into the season. If that, yeah, three months into the season. So we're still we're about halfway, and it and it looks good right now. Mm-hmm. For now, oh, yeah, absolutely. But that's the thing; it could change. I can't, I can't wait. This <laughs> if this is how good it looks now, and if this is sustainable, what what Frank DeBoer is doing with Lenyad right now, and Pity gets better, and Barker gets better, and and uh, Joseph. Decides that he's going to score goals, um, and be selfish or whatever he was in 2017-18. You know, but it, do we want him to do that? Now, I, that what? I mean, that's what I'm saying. If he decides, because I mean, okay. I'm cool with him being whatever he wants to be right now. Yeah. Um, you know, how much better can this get for Atlanta United? I mean, it's, it started off bad, sure. I, I will fully agree, but progressively, it's gotten so much better week after week after week. I don't, I don't care about the opponent. I don't care what their situation for the No, because you was. play the schedule that's put in front of you, and you can't predict. There are so many unpredictables out there with injuries, attrition, things like trades. You just don't know. You barely have a left back. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you have the Jolly Green Giant subbing in at left back. <laughs> I mean, there are ways for even a team going through the, the stresses of, of a season to uh, you know, to take advantage of, of Atlanta United's weaknesses. Mm-hmm. There were ways for Toronto to score uh, yesterday. There, there were ways for SKC to score yesterday. There are ways for teams, even as depleted as they are, to score against Atlanta United. It's not like it's not a secret how to how to beat Atlanta United. By the way, shout out to our Colorado man. almost beat Atlanta United, or at least almost <laughs> drew Atlanta United. Like, come on, as depleted as they were, they found a way. Shout out to our man Doug Robertson because I thought Michael Bradley looked like crap yesterday. He didn't really help himself. No, I thought it was kind of funny that well. Does he still deserve the booze? Like we all know what he is at this point. Like, I, I don't. I think it's harsh. I mean, the, the boo hit for what? I mean, he he just because he wasn't good as a U.S. men's just because the U.S. men's national team underperformed when he was like the captain. Don't get me wrong. I fully, like that. That's why we're booing this guy. I fully think that you know U.S. men's U.S. USMT U.S. men's actually means to move on from Michael Bradley. Oh yeah, officially. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd but, say yeah. You're not coming. Back. Like I'm done booing the guy. I've almost. Look, World Cup's over. No, I'm, I agree with you. I'm I mean, <laughs> it, I, I agree with you. I, it's I, it's weird who gets picked up to be booed. You know, it just random things happen like that, and it's unfortunate because nobody wants that. All right, so going back to Orlando, yes. um, a a a a better team that Atlanta United has faced, a better Orlando City team that Atlanta United has faced in the past. Uh, you do have the benefit of being at home. Um, I do think that having the crowd. How much you, better though? But, uh, not by much, but they've made. Improvements. They do have Nani. They do have Nani, um, and he's made a drastic difference. <laughs> he really has. It, it's it's really again. Has. It's almost night and day. And he's a player too. I think that came in, and we talked about this before with DPS. You got to get DPS with chips on their shoulder if they're that kind of player. We talked uh, the um, before it ended horribly with Toronto. Giovinco, he came into MLS mm. with a massive chip on his shoulder. I think Nani, kind of the same way was very much cast off over in Europe, and he came over here with that. He's he's played very inspired soccer. 
they've had like an up and down, like a weird up and down season so far. It's not been awesome, but How's it's Will not Johnson been doing? terribly. That, I don't know. Um, they just lost to Toronto. Take that for what it's worth. I'm sure it was a completely different Toronto team that they faced. Um, they drew NYCFC, and NYCFC still doesn't have a striker, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, beat Vancouver, lost to RSL, um, and 4-3 win over the Colorado Rapids. And you got to think that Colorado went into that game, into that match with the similar mentality that they went into. They seemingly go into every match where they're just going to bunker and fully clinched. And yeah, and and kind of wait to see what punishment they take. So, I it's not that look Atlanta United should win the match on paper. The game obviously isn't played on paper. That's not a prediction. I'm just saying. I and he was specifically Frank DeBoer was specifically asked about the rivalry. Um, this is his first time being kind of yeah, and him. and uh, he I think he understands. I think he gets it. Um, he not only geographically, but uh, he understands that uh, you know in, in in the short history between the two teams, there's a lot of back and forth on social media. There's there's a lot of animosity towards you know the, the two different fan bases or the between the fan bases. It's way more of a fan base rivalry. Although things got a little chippy at times last season, I think that the sort of rivalry that has developed between the two fan bases has bled over a little bit onto the field. I don't know how much, but I mean, it certainly got a little chippier than your average run-of-the-mill games did last season. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see how it goes down. I'm excited to see how Pity plays. I'm excited to see if Tito gets another banger to crush Orlando's dreams. Now, have Orlando people already crept on back onto your Twitter, like, awareness because this this happened to me during the game so uh, truly truly i'm kind of amazed that they didn't take more advantage of that Uh because i haven't heard i heard a little bit from uh, who's the guy that called me a mouth breather yeah i think this is the same guy so Um, he he i'm not heard i don't know if i blocked him or not but i haven't heard from him in a while and he kind of creeped in toward the beginning of the season but that was like two or three tweets in a matter of like two days and i've not heard from him since it's yeah, not, but I mean, they don't really have room to talk. Okay, so wasn't this that uh, Tropic Scar in that one of the guys? No, I saw them. Okay, my well, guy you, was uh, something Valentine or something like that. Oh okay, yeah, Valentino was it something Valentino? Yeah. yeah, this guy got into the mind because our man uh, Payson over at Dirty South Soccer tweeted: "Is there anything more embarrassing than a yellow card for simulation?" And I quote tweeted that and said, "Being an Orlando City fan?" Question mark. And one of them like liked it, and then like it's like. And I think they retweeted it to show like all the oh the Atlanta people are already talking crap. It's like why they like monitor Atlanta? They're they're weird about that. This this is, would be a match where I would really like to see Justin Miram find a way. Oh God, if Miram could score, especially with how horrible that fan base was to him. I mean, I look. They were sending him death threats, right? We're bad. We're, we're as a fan base, we're really bad on Breg Shea, but no one's no one's like. Sending him death threats or whatever they were sending Miram. Yeah, for sure. It, I mean, that's going way too also, far. Also, <laughs> this is MLS, man. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to like downplay the league or anything, but like again, this is sports. You're sending somebody a that's death the threat most important for sports. The, ultimately, you're not curing cancer. It doesn't really doesn't really in the grand scheme of things. I, I'm going to hurt some feelings, but it doesn't mean. As much as people think it does, no, but it, it still, feels good. It, yeah, it's no, it about feels good. Feelings it's it still, creates. it's still part of uh, the culture. It's still something to get excited about. Absolutely. Uh, 
But there's no reason to turn it into as much of a negative exactly. as it seems like Orlando's fan base does. Everything's a negative. Bleep Atlanta. They're Bleep ready to these go to guys. Blows. They're ready to go to blows. We hate all of y'all. You guys are successful. We're miserable. Like that. That's what it is. It's like, I mean, sorry, we're good. I don't know what you want us to do about it. Be bad. <laughs> that's the thing. Like a lot of fan bases are mad at Atlanta <laughs> because Atlanta's fan base hasn't really had a whole lot of uh, adversity to go through. But okay. what would you have us do? This is the best troll job I've heard of. I'll give I'll, I'll give Orlando cre- uh, fans credit for this one. Uh, there was an Orlando fan tagging Game of Thrones no! spoilers with hashtag ATLUTD attached to his tweets. <laughs> Luckily, that's, that's, I'm on top of everything look, Game of Thrones, so I don't have to worry about that. I'm not gonna. Lie. I mean, I would have hated the person that did that if had I had I seen it because I actually this is the one episode where I it took me a couple days to actually sit down and watch it. But that's awesome. That's not awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's pretty funny. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna be a a jerk, that's a way to troll. Yeah, uh-huh. that, that's that's grade A trolling right there. I mean, I would not appreciate it if something got spoiled for me. Like I almost like no, earlier neither today, would I. But I mean, like, now that nothing's been spoiled, <laughs> like earlier today, my older brother was like, a for effort, buddy. My older brother was like, man, I still haven't seen Avengers, and I was like, really? And and it was like. Uh, he was like, well, have you seen the Spider-Man trailer? And he was like, no. And I go, yeah, you should watch it. And I was like, no, wait, don't, because it has a bajillion spoilers in it. Don't do it. Um, ultimately, I don't, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, I don't imagine Justin Miriam is going to get a, if he gets playing time, maybe 10, 20 minutes or so. Um, I'm just thinking of the, the scenario where, you know. It'd be great to see Miriam, him get a run out. Miriam, sure. I mean, the thing is, he's got to do it. He's got to, if you're going to give him the opportunity to, to score against Orlando, do it in Orlando. Oh yeah, because what happens then? He's got the ear, the hand of the ear. He's running behind the goal, right across the face of the wall, and everyone's gonna let him have it. Mm-hmm. He's got prepared, prepared for the beer, prepared for the oh, cans, absolutely prepared for it. But I mean, hand to ear, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. But I mean, their like section. If, if, if middle fingers were appropriate, that would be the instance where I'd be cool with the middle. It finger. would take a lot to. From- It'd be poor sportsmanship, but. Actually, given what he went through, are Orlando fans still banned, or did that go away? I think that went away. Okay, I just remember that happening, and like, I know where the opposing team usually sits. The opposing team's fans usually sit right underneath the press box. Yeah, so I mean, at home, it's not going to have the same effect. I was going to say, like, if they're like throwing beers from the like two hundred section, I don't know how far they're going to go. But if Frank DeBoer can find a way in his heart to realize what's going on between Justin Miram and Orlando City, I would love for him to start. That oh, yeah. I think everyone can agree, start Miram over Tito for that Orlando, or or find a way to adjust to have Tito and Miram on, find a way to get Miram on the field. For I don't a majority know, Tito likes scoring against Orlando, so I don't want to keep him. I don't know. That, that's that's why I took that back. <laughs> Find a way to get him on the field. That way we can have that juicy moment. Absolutely. Just another reason. Just you know, just right in the in the just. Mm. And again, like it's it's so funny because sporting wise, this isn't a rivalry. No, come on, don't say that. They haven't. No, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. No, I'm saying it's not, a very unique. It's, it's a very unique situation. I don't, I don't think you're sports. understanding what I'm saying, though. It's 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 not a rivalry competitively. That's what I'm saying. No, it is. It is. Both these teams walk into the stadium hyped as hell to beat the crap out of the other team. I'm not using competitively in the the way you're thinking. I, I mean, like in terms of sporting history, Orlando. One team has to at least I, beat no, the see, other again, team. One again, time. it does not matter to me. Because the way both these fan bases go at each other, the way both these teams walk onto the field ready to just go to, not go to blows, but ready to, beat the crap, yeah, ready to beat the crap out of the other team in terms of the scoreline, that to me makes it a rivalry. I don't care what the history is. I, I, don't need, I don't need history. 
I don't need it. I've got that's two fair. teams that don't like each other. That's that's absolutely And I like one of those teams. I don't need the history. I don't need it. Oh, I just hope that anyone that know. doesn't anyone that doesn't think that 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 this is a rivalry, just you know, well, go, look, go the kick, last go two kick games, rocks. The last two games for Frank DeBoer, I'll say this. Sporting Kansas City. Atlanta had never beaten them. Now they have. Toronto. Atlanta had never beaten them. Now they have. Let's just hope that this weekend is not another first. Orlando has never beaten Atlanta United. Let's just hope that it stays that way. If it does happen, if, I think it's because Pity has a terrible game. Maybe he gets caught up in the moment. Maybe he gets... Do you think we could be up for some maybe, squad reshuffling maybe, here? Maybe. I mean, like no, a, no, no, no. You don't not think like, there's any dramatic like no, no, no. rotation or anything? But what I'm thinking is maybe Pity gets baited into something. Because if there's one player that doesn't know what this is all about yet, it's pity. Didn't Toronto, did I hear Toronto, or is it Kansas? No, it's Toronto. Made nine changes from the lineup they had the game yeah, before. Yeah, I mean, they were shuffled big time. Oh, I'm saying, we. I don't think I've ever seen Atlanta United do that. Miles Robinson, as composed as he has been, could he, as someone who, sure, he's been with the club long enough to where he knows what this rivalry is about, but could he be someone that maybe gets baited into something, considering this is going to be the, is this the first time he's played against Orlando City? I'm trying to think. If he played last year in a pinch, I don't think so. I can't remember. Um, who else would be new on the field? Everyone else has been here before, right? Breck. Ah, but he's played with Orlando, so he knows. Oh, I know. He knows. He knows the deal. And <laughs> he's been in MLS long enough to where he knows the deal. Yeah. Um. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? Game of, I'm just kidding. No, 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 Game of Thrones. I do want, I do want <laughs> to display my shirt. I was going to do it last week, but I couldn't. I just think this is a fantastic shirt. That is good. I'm going to show the people on YouTube. I got my presidential candidates that is for good. 2020. Maverick and Goose. I like. Uh, I think Maverick and Goose. I mean, every they always have shirts like that. I like. Uh, there was one. Was it a, a white Pinkman? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'd vote. I'd vote for the white Pinkman. Maverick and Goose, and then at the bottom. I didn't even show this to you guys. It just says in small print, "Bring back that love." You got that love and feeling. Bring back that love and feeling. And you know, it's not. It's not the national anthem anymore. It's you've lost that love and feeling. That's what you sing at every game now. No problem with that. Maverick and Goose. Let's make it happen. I also like that uh, Atlanta United. um, It seemed like uh, the Golden Spike this week. I had no idea who that group was. I looked them up and like listened to a song, banging. Really? Yeah, Escape. I think I didn't catch them either. I think that's what it was. I so I like this. Was like, who is this? And I clicked like YouTube, clicked one of their songs. I was like, oh, little R and B, little smooth. Jenna brings up Jenna brings up a good point before we wrap it up. Um, I think she meant to say, I finally feel like pity is ramping up to something. And I want to hope that that means ramping up to something crazy in Orlando. Be great if that's where he pulls out oh, a man. hat trick. Or even just like a just ridiculous freaky goal or something. Anything. I mean, I'll take anything. Didn't uh, Barco won goal of the week for the one against, uh, I think I saw that, where he won. I think he might have won player of the week. Oh, he won player of the week. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's still a very nice goal uh, that he scored there against uh, Kansas City. Unfortunately, we're not going to see him, but uh, hopefully Pitti has a moment uh, similar to that. Also, yeah. I, we haven't really talked about this just really quickly. Do you have any interest in keeping up with the U-20s other than just to monitor Barco's uh, uh Barco, yeah, and then the US Men's National Team just because I have a Oh your boy. A rooting interest, yeah. Yeah. So I I do have yes, I do. I will, I will be keep, I will be keeping right. up with uh with Juan Pablo Torres. That's right. He's a bud. Uh <coughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. No worries. Um all right. 
a couple housekeeping things. We're changing platforms, and yes. I the name of the new platform is me, but it's it, it's basically through SB Nation. I think that's literally the name of it. It's like Lunchbox or something. Yeah. <laughs> Megaphone, uh, uh, but uh, that was close. We're, we're changing the platform. We uh, send out our podcast um, streams through, and it's going to be through SB Nation. It's going to also include um, Five Stripe Final. Yes. Um, so it's going to be kind of a, a duo thing. So you, the Dirty South Soccer Audio Network. So for the next three episodes, next three weeks, or how many, whatever three episodes, uh, we're going to put them both on Blog Talk and on. Um, the new platform yes. through SB Nation. So you might get them twice. What we are looking for you to do, this is some homework for you, is to basically go to your podcatcher, go to iTunes, and subscribe to the uh, Dirty South Soccer podcast. Yes. Is what we're looking at. Because it is both. So we're going to be on both. It's it's You're going to get ours. You're going to get Five Star Final. And if you want to support the podcast... For one, it's not going to go on Blog Talk Radio after the next th- uh, after post three the next three uh, episodes. Right, we're grandfathering. And if you want, and if you want to support the podcast, this is a way we're monetizing the podcast a little more than before. Mm-hmm. So, um, subscribe. This would massively help. Yes. <laughs> um, like if you're not like if we're you're not, not talking about we're not talking about like get rich money. money. We're no. talking about like beer money. Well, it's like if you're, if you're one of our uh, Patreon like people, that's cool. We love y'all. Thank you for helping us out. This would be a way where you can kind this of help is, us get money without actually way. spending yeah. any of your own money. So, uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you can follow me at Eric G. Quintana on Twitter at Sam J. Franco right here, and uh, very much looking forward to Atlanta once again tearing down Orlando City this Sunday. It's got to end sometime. But not not today. Let's just hope it's not this weekend. You remember, not today. At MOTS Podcast on Twitter. You can follow the YouTube channel. Um, just search for MOTS Podcast on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to the channel. Um, Dirty South Soccer, all the latest news and notes regarding Atlanta United. And anything else? Patreon.com if you do want to donate to the podcast. Patreon.com slash MOTS Podcast. And we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, join us there. Yeah, we didn't really talk about the Champions League any because that's not really what we do. Yeah, we don't do that. But it was pretty cool. I'll just say. It was crazy. I just don't get a chance to watch it. And so yeah. I have to go back and, and, and we're so wrapped up. I and mean, we've already gone an hour and 15 on Atlanta United. Well, it's so funny just because I there's... I can't do more soccer. There's so many people. Yeah, I'm not getting into it other than <laughs> just, it's just like within Dirty South Soccer. Like, it feels like I, I'm not one of these people. You're not. Josh isn't because he's an Arsenal fan. <laughs> but... It feels like there's a split divide right down the middle between Tottenham and Liverpool. There's like a bunch of Liverpool people and there's a bunch of Tottenham people. So it's going to be very interesting to just kind of, from our selfish perspective, follow along with that and see how I just, the, uh, I watch the the divide of the Dirty South Soccer staff. I just want to watch this match in a neutral... Well, I want to be the neutral in a in a bar divided. Oh, we got that. Soccer I'll, bar divided. I'm down for that. We got to find. Need, help us out with this, listeners. Which bar will be like divided the most? Because I don't want to go to a straight Liverpool bar. Don't want to go to a straight Tottenham bar. I want to go somewhere where I need Liverpool fans yeah, on one side. I need Tottenham fans on the other side, and I'm going to sit right in the middle. Or and we can I'm just going to watch. This. I'm just going to watch. We should just create this. Any any Miles of the South listeners, get all of your. If you're a Liverpool fan, get all your Liverpool friends. If you're a Tottenham fan, get all your Tottenham fans. And uh, if y'all want, we'll, we'll find the bar just so Eric and I can watch all of you. I don't know this, but Chris Lombardi is saying that they might have the, uh, or that they will have the uh, final showing on the Halo board before our match that day. 
Oh, I remember watching the, uh, was it the Champions League final last? Do you know where I am watching the match then? Oh, no, the World Cup final. That's what that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, we'll talk next time. Until then, see you later, Lana. Squids up. Squids up.